Hi, this is Noortje. And oh, this is Elke. And we're from the Lightyear podcast. And we're trying to take you along our journey of building the most efficient solar electric vehicle, which is pretty exciting, actually. So we want to show you all the ins and outs, but also the stories that you haven't heard yet from the people that you haven't seen and they're not always in the picture. And we're bringing some of our friends, some of the industry people and some of the other tastemakers that actually influence this very exciting field. And we want to take you along. This is Reflections, the Lightyear podcast. Today, episode two, we brought some people from the company to talk about why they joined the company and how is it like to work in a company like this. Uh, left, well, it's not like you see it. We're on a podcast, sorry. Uh, left of me is Micah, our COO. Hi, Micah. Hi. Hi. Could you maybe introduce yourself to our listeners? Definitely. I think that uh, to start with the O, because uh, the COO in an uh, automotive company sometimes reflects to uh, operations, which includes the production of a car, uh, which isn't the case in my role. So my O stands for the organization, uh, which does include HR, IT, legal, facilities and organization development. Uh, so I'm actually responsible for building this company as an organization where others are responsible for building, of course, the product and, and the market around it. Sounds like a cool title. Definitely. Um, as we always start our podcast, we start with 15 quick questions to get us into the vibe of the podcast. So today we like to start with what we call the Fast 15. Cool. And I'll fire them straight at you. So the first question is, what time did you wake up this morning? Uh, seven. Pizza or sushi? Sushi. Purpose-driven or people-driven? Both. Number of unread emails in your mailbox? Two. Fifty. <laughs> Steve Jobs or Simon Sinek? Simon. What's your guilty pleasure? Pooh, working at Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> Is that guilty? <laughs> Always in your bag. My pocket knife. If you could solve one mystery, what would it be? Wow, clean mobility for everyone. What did you want to become when you were younger? I don't know the English word. Uitvinder. Uh, oh, inventor. Yeah. Inventor. Many inventors here. What's your favorite color? Blue. Favorite movie of all time? Inception. Do you consider yourself a specialist or a generalist? A generalist. What's your favorite holiday location? Uh, Sweden. Overall favorite person? Two. Noortje. What's the thing you always <laughs> wanted to learn? <laughs> um, not to stop learning. Oh, that's deep. Hmm. It was not really fast, right? It was, was fast enough. Fast. Was it fast? Okay. I hope your boyfriend is not tuning in because am I better than your boyfriend? Yeah, I thought that, that my boyfriend would be too cliche. So. Ah, all right. Cool. Thank you for the Fast 15. Yeah. Also joining us today is Chris. Welcome, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. You're an electrical engineer at Lightyear, right? That's true. So I work in the motors team as electrical engineer where I am more a generalist than a specialist at the moment looking at improving the efficiency of the motors, helping people to improve certain design choices and also testing of the motor. And I'm also responsible for the people in the electrical domain to look after that they are busy. They're not bored, but they can grow and develop as, as one of our key values are to our people and development of people. So that's my role in the electrical domain. Cool. Nice. So today we've invited you guys to talk about what is it like to work um, 
at this company at Lightyear. So it would be really interesting to take us to the start. So how did you uh, get to know this company or how did you um, yeah, begin your journey of Lightyear? Mm-hmm. It was a question. It was me. a question, yeah, to ah, you guys. Okay. One of you can start. Uh, for me, it started uh, already with the Solar team uh, in 2012, 2013, some, somewhere there. I was studying in Eindhoven at that moment and responsible for a startup uh, which was called the Jongens van de TU. And we did some branding, marketing kind of stuff for companies in uh, in the Brainport region. And Lex passed by and he told us that he really would like to have some help on his marketing for this new kind of student team that was uh, going to participate in the World Soda Challenge. That's Lex, our, our C- the CEO. CEO. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, because uh, he wanted to start this uh, World Soda Challenge team, the Soda team of Eindhoven. So we said, yes, we will help you. And that was for me the first sparkle of uh, a soda-powered car. And, and can you zoom in in, in, this, in this particular moment when you actually said, why did you say yes in the first place? Was it a, ref- was it a reflex or was it a well-considered thought? Yeah, the idea just for me works totally out. I mean, he presented this idea of a vehicle that was able to generate more energy than it used. I mean, then it, yeah, this may be a reflex, but that sounds great. So why not do it? So then we said, okay, let's we 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 can start helping you, uh, and I think that you should do it as students help each other to, uh, well, to achieve the, the missions we all have. And of course, you joined sort of officially joined the Lightyear team later as well. How how did that go? How did this sort of engagement turn into the other one? Yeah, when I finished my master's degree, uh, I was invited with the current founders uh, to see whether I wanted to join uh, in founding Lightyear, actually. Uh, But at that moment, I was a bit hesitant because I thought that without any uh, working experience, I was not the person that could help them with all the not technical stuff as I did my uh, innovation master's degree. So I was more like the business uh, person. Uh, so I said uh, that they had a great idea and that I would follow them. But at first, uh, I would have some more experience in what it actually means to build a business. So I joined a consultancy company. Uh, but during the seven months I joined that company, uh, I noticed that I was more driven by this bigger mission and really making an impact and helping a company with maybe then more uh, common sense, except for experience. Uh, but that des- made me decide that after seven months, it was time to join Niger. Yeah. So you knocked on the door and actually the door opened or, or how did that go? <laughs> yeah, really easily. <laughs> it was open already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And what is it like now? Because you, you tell that you wanted more, more mission, more things to contribute. What is it like now with your day-to-day tasks? Do you feel that every day you work towards that mission? Yeah, definitely. And I think that what is, besides the mission, really important for me are the values. So for me, uh, my personal values really correlate with the the company values, which makes it really easy uh, to make even hard decisions uh, because I fully uh, believe that these values are the way we should run the business and I should run my life as a person. So for me, that's easy, uh, so to say. And uh, while having these values and having all these people being driven by the mission, for me, that it gives a feeling that building a business is less complex than having a business being built on whatever not motivating kind of achievement you need to have. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Chris, uh, Micah told that yeah. the door was pretty open for her. Yes. What was it like for you? So for me, it was a bit different. 
the way I came to know about Lightyear was when I was working in my previous work as a control system engineer working at a mine doing a project. <laughs> so very I, clean. <laughs> I got I, I got home one day and I saw a news article in Business Insider South Africa. And it said that SA born entrepreneur is building a Tesla killer. To take a step back from this, I read this and I was okay, I can't believe this. So I read the article and then I read it again. And the reason why it struck me is that as a kid, I actually wanted to build a solar car. So and the re and how I got to know about solar cars was one Sunday morning. So this was about twenty five years ago. Because how are you? How how old are you now? Thirty two. So that's about yeah. So twenty five years ago was the first time I heard about solar cars, and it was just concept cars that they did the solar race in Australia with. Mm -hmm. The reason I I actually was trying to figure out why it inspired me was to take it a step even further, was I was watching Captain Planet as a kid. What's that? I don't know that. So Captain Planet used to be an animation about kids who had rings, and if there was some pollution, they would get together and their rings would form Captain Cl Planet and he fought pollution. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, what happened next? Because, of course, many people read many things, but apparently you took action to, to make it happen. So, firstly, I read it again, the article, as I said. And then I was firstly trying to figure out how someone could get the courage to do this. Because I felt like, okay, this article, this is what I always wanted to do. Now there's another guy from South Africa doing that. So I first tried to, to figure it out for myself. And I was like, okay, now I have to do this. This is something I've always wanted to do. So I updated my curriculum vitae or my CV, whatever, <laughs> resume. <laughs> and then I then I, I I wrote the introduction to my to my CV in the top corner and I explained it. I tried to explain the story as short as possible, what I said now. And then I just said, if you have a spot on a team, count me in. I didn't say <laughs> I just said if there's a spot, just count me in. And then I sent my and I applied online. And I just thought that I'm trying, but I probably will never hear something from these people, but let me just have a try. So that's that's what I did. I just sent my, I, I updated my CV and then I sent it through. Yeah, but the, the big cliffhanger is of course, big, big reaction came, of course. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is two days later, I got an email from Light just saying, okay, cool, we wanna have a chat with you. So I was like, great, wow, because I, I if you apply online, you never hear something back from people. And then I got a reply that people wanted to chat with me. So I was like, okay, cool. So let's have a chat. And then we had an email back and forth. And then two days later, they said, okay, we can meet you at five. So I was like, I'm working. So I'm still working at the coal mine. And that's about an hour's drive from where I used to stay. So I was like, yeah, of course I need to have this chat, but I'm going to have this chat. So <clears throat> I took the company car, it was a caddy, and I parked it in front of the, uh, the reception of the mine. And I was having a Skype interview on my phone to, to actually just have a chat, or it was just a chat, and then it turned out it was an interview with the now CTO, Aryu. So that's how I got to from applying to an interview. 
and sat there for two hours chatting to him. <laughs> wow. That's such an amazing, inspiring story. That's crazy. Perhaps also a, a bit more sort of difficult or challenging question. You you wanted to do this from from the well almost the day you were born. Yeah. <laughs> now you're doing it. Does does that the fact that you're pursuing a dream make you extra vulnerable in that regard, or or, or how do you maintain the energy also in, yeah. the, in the face of adversity? So I, <clears throat> that's a good question. What I would say is that if you are working on your dream, it's not like you have some shining shoes that everybody sees you as this special person or you see yourself as a special person. It's also that when you start working at the first time, as I said, you walk in, you feel the energy and then you get used to it. It's like you still stay human. So that's the thing I, I had to learn. It's like you ne I need to prick myself and remind myself that I'm busy doing something really special and really cool and a lot of cool people or motivated people doing this and <clears throat> to to so in the so that's i think what something i need to keep on reminding myself still that i'm the reason i'm here is not just it's my dream the reason behind my dream is what keeps me going and so i think who if we say clean mobility for everyone what is clean mobility and who is everyone so why am i here so i'm here to help with the mission of clean mobility and everyone is for me a personal point the people i grew up with in south africa with who might not have the uh <clears throat> the, the the opportunity to be here but what i can do now might be have an influence of clean mobility for them in the future for people from where i am at from sorry and i think that going through adversity as i said earlier the people if you want to live your life from, okay this is my personal opinion or something i also read from jordan peterson which i find quite insightful is that if you want to be happy and you want to just live a happy life you will never find you will always be keep on keep on doing stuff to find happiness and then if you do it you will just go to the next thing and the next thing but if you want to have purpose you will face adversity because the purpose as i said earlier builds character and the character reinforces the next mission you go and then you add value to more than just yourself but also to the people around you and hopefully to to the world amen <laughs> the power is yours of course you're hiring people that sometimes have like 20 years more experience uh, than yourself mm -hmm. uh, and are sort of 10 times more expert in a particular field yeah. than yourself how do you do this stuff I'm asking myself as well. Um, how do we do? I think that that as as long as you have an open conversation and you respect each other and and you do understand that uh, this more experienced person uh, tries to help you understand what you're actually searching for, because he or she believes that they can give the most added value uh, when they do understand why they try to hire that person. So for example, if I have 20 years of experience and I'm going to uh, to apply for a, a vacancy at a company and that would just be for money, then I would try my utmost best to be hired and then get the money every month. But as soon as I'm not getting paid my form and I'm willing to work for the company because I want them to achieve that mission, then I have a different attitude because then I'm asking like, what do you, what do you want from me? What do you search? Uh, how can I be um, the most added value in this company? And 
that is the kind of conversations we have quite often that people help us understand why they can help us and if and they do understand that if they are not the right person then it's okay for them because then they won't participate uh, and these kind of conversations uh, help both sides of the table understand and learn what can be the added value and till now that works quite well that makes it sound quite easy, but I can imagine that sometimes, you know, people have feelings, you might get insecure or when you're overruled, you don't like it. Is it yeah. always that easy? No, definitely not. But I'm thinking about the examples. For yourself, do you never feel insecure when someone with 20 plus experience is telling you how, how it should be done? Yeah, definitely it does. Um but at the same time, I think because we're already doing this for three years, like three years ago, it was just a small company and every like euro spent felt like a big impact. And now we're talking about millions and the challenge didn't really change. The impact changed, but you grow with the company, you grow with these decisions and spending this one uh, euro three years ago for now sometimes feels like spending a hundred thousand euro at this moment. And as long as you don't think about it too much, uh, I think it will help you to to stay rational. And while staying rational, I think that we are able to achieve things because that's what we proved last three years. So that's more or less tried to yeah, to use common sense, I would say, because that, that brought us where we are now. I can imagine. Um, thank you very much, Maika. I think, I believe, I'm going to be your timekeeper here, oh, nice. that you actually had to leave. That's uh, why I'm a fan of you. Around, <laughs> around 12. Uh, Chris will stay, uh, but next up, uh, Johan will be joining yeah. us, another employee. Cool. Thank you very much for all your input, and hopefully we'll see you uh, in another episode. Good Thanks. luck with all your challenges. Good luck, you too. Bye-bye. We're the Planeteers. You can be one too. Because saving our planet is the thing to do. Can I can I open the open the questions? That would be amazing. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for giving me the the microphone. Micah just left a table and joining us now is Johan, CCO. Welcome, Johan. Thank you, Norge. <laughs> nice to have you here. Could you maybe explain to your listeners what it is that you do within Lightyear? Sure. Well, I just recently joined Lightyear as a CCO and member of the board in support of the mission, huh? bringing clean mobility to everyone. Coming from Tesla, I experienced and witnessed myself what scaling up means and, and how the market and how the impact of such a market entry are changing our consumers, changing our people using our products, but also has an environmental impact. And being here early enough to be part of that transition, taking things to the next level, what we know the market is ready for, that's, that's something which drove me, inspires me to join a company like Lightyear and to be part of our accelerated growth. Cool. Nice. And... I think what's important in a company like Lightyear is, is that you, when you go through such, such evolution of, of taking things to the next level, that you do so by always keeping the customer in mind. Yeah. We can develop the best products, the greatest products, but mm -hmm. if the customer is not looking for such products, there will be no success. I mean, customer success is the most important thing we strive for. Our success depends on the success of our customers. And with that in mind, we develop, we create, but also our go-to-market strategy, which we will launch, will always have that customer in mind as a number one priority. Wow. Sounds like a really nice job that it's you have. <laughs> super exciting. Super exciting. Well, I'm quite curious, actually, because I think from the people at the table right now, you're the youngest employee, so to say. 
Can you tell us a bit about how you started and how that happened? Sure. Uh, thank you, by the way, for calling me the youngest employee. I mean, Most <laughs> being the yeah. oldest one in the room. That uh, <laughs> Well, I've always worked for companies who had a purpose. And my background goes into medical, into life science. But then there was this quirky company who asked me to, to join them, which was called Tesla. And that, that really got me going into uh, taking sustainability to the next level. Then I heard about Lightyear. And to be fair and honest, I didn't believe in the concept at all when I read about it. Uh, I thought there's no way in hell that they can make that work. Uh, but then started to, to do some more research on it. And actually, I thought wait a minute, it's not about performance, it's not about acceleration and speed, but it's about durability. Uh, and that triggered me to, to look up even more information about the company. And that led to me contacting Lightyear and saying, hey, I would be open to have a chat with you and see where it goes. And that's where it ended up, basically me joining the company. And uh, How much time is there in between reading something about it, myth-busting, and then joining the company? I would say there was a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a long time. About over a year ago, I read the first article. And what did you do in between? Um, I continued to, to, to build up the space of, of where I was responsible for, for the previous company, but keeping in the back of my mind what, what could leapfrog this and take it to the next level. So I took my time uh, before actually having the guts not the guts, not necessarily guts, but also the situation in life. Uh, uh, yeah, M wanting, wanting me to make that change. Wow. Yeah. But perhaps also addressing the elephant in the room, because of course you, you, you worked for Tesla, which is not exactly an unimpactful company. And you mentioned, of course, you wanted to create impact in the work you're doing. So how is it sort of that you effectively well, are moving away from the, the company that, that, is, that is powering the sort of the, the, the dawn of the electric vehicle um, to Lightyear, which is perhaps moving one step further, but then again, is much younger in its, in, its, uh, in its design and progress. Well, I think if you look back in my career, in every company I worked for, they, they went through groundbreaking uh, changes. They re re revolutionized what they stood for, either to their product or what they delivered to their product. Again, in, in healthcare, uh, in science, but also in the automotive. And, and truly, uh, you could say that uh, Tesla is the disruptor uh, in, in this space. And joining them at an early enough stage to be part of that disruption uh, gave me so much learnings and energies. But Tesla is now moving to a stage where it's getting into mass production. The Model 3 is, is rolling out at high volume numbers. So it becomes to me a bit of a repetition. Although still, uh, you could say fast-paced, uh, stressful, all of that. But there's an element of repetition coming into it. You don't have to be the evangelist anymore to, to sell the concept. Uh, the concept is being accepted in the market. And what are some of the key lessons you learned over there that, that, you're, that you're now bringing to this company? Speed. Speed is everything. And, and perhaps if we turn the question around, what are some of the things that we perhaps as, a, as an organization would not so much want to copy from, from that, that organization? Hmm. Or is that a difficult question? Yeah, I have to be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> because going back to that customer experience thing, so having that customer in mind in, in every step you take throughout the process of, of developing a creation and, and release of a product, I think initially it was uh, the roadmap of Tesla was to, again, to prove the technology uh, uh, by, by building a small volume of, of uh, cars powered solely, uh, fully by, by EVs. 
and and then build a loyal customer base around that who would extrapolate and take it to the next level. That's what I've learned definitely. So so make sure that you tie your customers, your early adopters, uh, close to you, and make them the ambassadors to 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 grow what you stand for, uh, and 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 to have network that further out in in the in the population. Um, once you start and have to reach certain milestones in terms of deliverables, uh, I think at Tessa sometimes the customer was was left out on that because it was all around the deliverables, which again, if you're on the stock market, I totally understand. And this is what I would like to do different. I would like to keep that customer and that customer journey tied with us in every phase uh, as we go through as a company. Yeah. You've been part of, of, of the growth of that other company, which also had a big vision, uh, which was also not believed by many people. To have some sort of an educated perspective on, 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 on a very uncertain future, <laughs> that is the big question at hand. Yeah, and I think for that, what, the, what we have now prioritized within the company is, is to, to make that technology claim uh, is, is so important. Uh, that we do that as fast as we can by proof to uh, the world not only through one single prototype, but, but actually through uh, a, a series of, of the, the developments here in, in, into a certain uh, production to, pr- to prove to the world the efficiencies. Uh, so the uh, generation of energy through our solar roof, uh, a clever storage and usage through our batteries and battery management systems, but then through our in-wheel uh, drive motor to efficiently um, tr- translate that energy into movement, uh, basically. Uh, that's key. Uh, therefore, you have to be then also be prepared to take it to the next level and take the next step. And that's, okay, now you have proven your technology. Can it now fit into a vehicle where it will be adopted by, by our consumers? And are we able then to take it to a either a price point uh, or in the volumes where in, indeed it, it can be used <laughs> by everyone uh, all over the world and not just a niche market of people who can afford it? And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge huh? for us to, to deliver a, a product, a car, who actually uh, can be leveraged in, in South Africa, in India, and, and other parts of the world where it's highly underrepresented today. Um, thinking of the car, you've been in other um, fields of industries before. Is the car something that you always wanted to work on? Nope. No, <laughs> it happened by 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 incident. Yeah, and and when the previous company contacted me, I, my initial response was a car manufacturer. But then again, by doing the research, it became evident to me that okay, in the end product is called a car, uh, but the technology makes it just a high tech device, and that's exactly how I perceive Lightyear. Lightyear is not not building a car; it's it's building another high tech device where you can drive it and by the nature of driving it you call it a car but that's not how i see it at all i agree i definitely agree with that and i think that's it's shaping the future by not seeing it as a car but because if you see it as a car you say well you need a steering wheel you need a gearbox you need some standard components but if you think about energy and moving people around and that mindset totally leads to solving the problem differently and I think that's what we're trying to do, as Johan says. So we're creating technology which people can use for transportation, but I mean, it's still energy and it's efficiently using that energy. So it's seeing the future differently that I think makes and, and solving the problem in a different way. 
but obviously the end product is going to be a car. So isn't that not very hard if you're only focusing on energy, but still need to get to the deadline of that car? I think what I realized is how did we get to a solar car in the first place? So if there was a, the story, the founders would tell you a story of how they, they, they took a list of what, what is the biggest problems in the world and how to solve that. Kunstleisje. Kunstleisje. Yeah. And then he, and then from that list, the thing that they were good at was building solar cars based on a solar challenge already. But then to make that work, you need to create the technology. So it was from a car, but I think it's more, as soon as you start, it's easy in retrospect to say technology, but now looking back what you create, you can use definitely then more than just for mobility. And, and, and building a, a car which is able to evolve over time. So not just work towards uh, the release of, of a set-in-stone car and you buy it and that's what you will have for the next 15 or 20 years, no, but to being able to continuously evolve and improve the efficiency of that particular car through regular updates, uh, upgrades, which Tesla, thus far, is the only industry in the, in the industry doing this. But I think we can take this to the next level, and we will. Also, for all the, the listeners that might be considering or might not be considering joining Lightyear, because if we grow at the speed of some other companies, uh, we might might actually grow tenfold in the, in, the, in the coming years. What are some of, of pieces of advice that you could give to those people that, that might be listening right now uh, on joining or, or not joining uh, Lightyear? So personally for me, I, I used... So... <clears throat> I studied uh, mechatronics and then I did a master in electrical engineering. The reason being was to work on electrical motors for electrical vehicles. And then I, I took a chance and sent my CV to Tesla and I didn't hear anything back from them. So I basically was like, okay, that's the only company in the world that's doing that. And they're in the US, so to get a visa from South Africa, what's the chances? So for me, it was more, I'll just, stick with my day job or see what I can get. And I think it's never losing hope. Well, that for me at least was the case that when I read it, I realized that I can still do this. I can still build a solar car. And I kept on improving myself. So I, I did my studies. I did my postgraduate studies. And then when the opportunity arose, I was ready to, to take that. And I think in retrospect, it's easy to see that. But if you are in the moment, you need to keep on, say, if I gave up when I was rejected by Tesla, I would not have been here today. And I think that's the thing. If you just give up and think the world owes you something, then you will not get there. And I think that's the, the thing we, I personally, I can say just not to give up and to keep on developing yourself and to hold on to your dream, which is cheesy, but that's what it's happened. True. Do you feel like there's enough experience yet? Because obviously it's a young startup. There's lots of young people joining, people that are fresh out of college, so to say. Does that make it hard sometimes? Well, uh, I mean, referring at myself, <laughs> one of the reasons for joining is to be able to leverage my experience uh, uh, in a company like this and, and be a bit of a mentor and coach uh, to help develop others. I mean, that's, that's certainly something which is driving me as well. 
And I think there are more examples of, of what I see just in the f- last four weeks of, of what's happening around here that, that I think we're really looking for that, that healthy balance between uh, f- just graduate it, uh, finish your education, find your first uh, job and balance it off with a few people who have experience coming from different uh, parts of the, of, of the industry, different experiences, different backgrounds. And that's, that's the other fun factor of, of, of working at Lightyear. I mean, the, the mix of nationalities, the mix of, of experiences, and that, 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 that gives another set of energy uh, which you typically don't find in, in, in many companies. So you believe it's well-balanced? It's, 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 getting, it's getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. And not, I think that's something very important is because we're moving on such speed, um, <clears throat> it is easy to say, oh, we have so much left to do, so let's just continue. But I think what Johan mentioned is super important because I s- <laughs> it's a bit like your wedding ceremony. If you, if you don't take a moment in that evening to enjoy it, you will wake up the next morning and it will all be done. Yeah. And I think it's the same here. I think that that's the advice somebody gave me. Just take 10 minutes. And just enjoy and just enjoy the people. And I think that's something that is really valuable, not only here, but in life in general, is just to take a moment, appreciate the people, and then continue. Thanks a lot for tuning in, listening to this second episode. Of course, we'll be back. Thanks again to Johan, Chris and Mike for joining us on our episode two, where we talked with the people from Lightyear about what it's like to work in a company like this. Feel free to share this podcast if you like it. Thumbs up, like, subscribe. Bye. Bye.